Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of ClearCast. I'm your host, Katie Keller. And today I have with me Michael Hudson of Clear Force. And so Michael served the nation in the Marine Corps, retiring as a colonel. He has extensive background in leadership, operations, intelligence, and safety, and actually led the Marine Corps sexual assault prevention efforts and supported behavioral health and suicide reduction. And so today Michael supports reducing human capital risk around insider threat, security, workforce assurance, and wellness, and leads the ClearForce team efforts to transform veteran suicide prevention by leveraging new technology, privacy, compliance, and behavioral data. So today we're actually going to discuss just that, the suicide rates among veterans. Today, September, is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. So we're going to talk about all of this. So first, before we get started, Michael, thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. Hey, Katie, I really do appreciate the opportunity to engage. And as you pointed out, September is Suicide Awareness Month. And this is a super important topic, something that's super passionate to me. And the company ClearForce is actually fully engaged on as well. So thank you. Well, and we do appreciate your efforts around the topic. And so I, I figured we'd start, if you could give us a rundown on ClearForce and the work that you all do. Yeah, ClearForce is a Virginia-based company just outside of D.C. What we do, we're a people risk technology company that protects organizations with early and ongoing detection of human risk signals across multiple data sources. Our platform combines data, analytics, machine learning, workflow, and compliance to deliver a new standard for people risk management. We're taking that same technology that we use today, this dual-use technology uh, that's in both the government and commercial spaces today, and we're remissioning it and rethinking it into the suicide prevention uh, space, specifically focused on on veteran suicide. Well, and I know that in today's business environment and, you know, even with nonprofit work, just everything, you know, data is really important in driving outcomes and, you know, better business decisions. And so veteran suicides are still occurring at a higher rate than that of non-veterans and in U.S. adults. And so it's also the second leading cause of death for post 9-11 veterans, accounting for over 20% of all deaths. And so tell us a little bit more about some of the current suicide stats and research that you found. Yeah, you hit on it right off the top. And the, the challenge is, all a lot of organizations are engaged. And in some cases, we measure it like quarter to quarter or year to year. But I think what I would suggest is we look over time. So what coming out of the most recent VA report, they would tell you from 2001 to 2020, uh, the rate of suicide has continued to tick up. If you look further back, you're going to see that. So even though you might have, as the data said last year, well, 2020, which would have been the 2022 VA report, they showed a really good decrease. But if you look over time, we're still not getting it right. We have good years and bad. And the same thing inside the DOD, if you look through a similar lens from uh, 2001 to 2021, from the most recent DOD report, you're also seeing all of the services have had an increase in suicide. And the most recent report even coming out of DOD is talking about the first quarter of calendar year 2023, and they saw an increase of 19 suicides from last year, same time, which really means we had 94 suicides tragically within the Department of Defense. 
Right. And I know that, you know, you had, you know, received a report from the army, uh, the largest military service is most affected and almost 50 service members died by suicide in the first three months of 2023, compared to 37 service members in the first three months of 2022. And so I, you know, thinking about in that report from the DOD, you just noted sort of the overall numbers, we're just not getting it right, you said. And so let's talk about why we need to flip the model when it comes to tackling this issue. And, you know, I know with data, like taking a look at the data, you can you can sort of see trends and like the story, um, but sometimes it depends on what lens you're looking through. So let's talk about why you think we need to flip this model. Yeah, it's a really good question. And this is where Clearforce is a little disruptive in this space, looking to really change how we think about it. And it, let's take a second to kind of baseline what the model is today. I mean, the preponderance of the weight is put on the individual who is struggling to do two critical things. One, self-assess. Hey, I do need help. And then two, seek that help. What we're doing today, and, and September is a good example of an awareness campaign based on a population. If you look at some of the other organizations or like within the military or without, what we're trying to do is reduce stigma. That's super important. So you can ask for help. We're bringing more mental health capacity closer so you can ask for help. We're looking at ways to make it easier for you to connect 988. We're short. We're adding text numbers so you can ask for help. All of those are good. But what we're suggesting is we need to support the organization and allow them to be the first mover. Take that burden off of that individual who struggles and outreach them sooner where they are at that moment in time as they begin to struggle and start a conversation. We think by doing that, what the data shows us is that early opportunity to help them course correct is exactly where we want to be. And we're, and we're starting to do that in some areas, but broadly, we tend to miss it. And we tend to lag or basically chase lagging indicators of risk. And that puts us behind and that puts the service member at risk. And like we talked about earlier, what we're seeing over time is a sad increase in suicides. Well, and so it's about sort of, you know, you said destigmatizing, but also increasing the access. I mean, you know, we do have these systems that are accessible for someone who might be struggling, but it's almost increasing, you know, the 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 bandwidth, some of these services or some of the these support systems. And so what are some easy ways that we can prevent these numbers from growing even further? You hit on a really good point. And this again goes back to how we kind of tend to look at this is the idea of we have all of this capability. If you were to go to the VA and they're working really hard to make a difference here, and you knocked on their door, they would have a ton of resources and be ready to help. Additionally, if you went to your organization and others, the challenge is, and we see this in the commercial space around EAP programs, employee assistance programs, a tremendous amount of capability, but it waits behind that door for the individual to knock on. We want to change that. We want to go ahead and allow the organization to outreach that. And your comment on bandwidth is a really good example of that. So you have all of this and you look at some of the mental health providers who would tell you, I'm really busy. Well, a lot of what they're doing is they're meeting time-based models. In essence, we're scheduling that everybody gets a mental health assessment at least once a year, or we're making our employees have some sort of engagement at some time interval. These mandatory or time interval-based engagements do take up time but they're not as efficient use of these highly skilled professionals. So part of changing that bandwidth is using technology to stratify your population to allow the organizations to prioritize where they put those resources. 
So by starting there, I think you can really help. Yeah, no, that makes that makes total sense. And so in thinking about some of those easy ways to prevent the numbers from growing, is it better utilizing the skill set of these mental health professionals in conjunction with better outreach and better intervals of of how and when we're touching base with folks that might be struggling? Yeah, that's exactly right. So again, you have these highly trained professionals, and we said we're bringing more mental health capability closer to where those individuals are who are struggling. Organizations are hiring more mental health providers, both inside the VA and the DOD as well. But again, I think the challenge for them is who do they see at the right point of time? This is where we want to shine a light on those individuals who have the early indicators of risk anchored on the science. What I mean by that is that the Center for Disease Control, CDC, the Veterans Administration, Department of Defense have all done studies over years, and they kind of identify some key areas of risk. What Clearforce is doing is thinking about those in like three buckets. We look at the, the social determinants of health. This is data that would measure you know, your income stability. It would look at whether you have substance abuse issues or potentially legal issues, court issues. Then you bring in demographic data. These can be the activities that kind of lead up to that. Think of things like homelessness, domestic challenges. And then you look demographically at where that individual is. Is it a rural area? What's it? What that individual environmental factors look like? And you see a lot of different pieces and centers of excellence in all of those. Our technology is bringing that into a single model and then leveraging our AI based on several data studies that we've done with local state VAs and looking at tragically veterans who passed by suicide and the DOD data, we're identifying these key triggers, putting that in the model to allow us to go left. And so for the organizations that we support, allow them then to outreach into their population. And this goes back again to the challenges we all have. Where should I best apply my time? Where should I best deploy my resources? And that's the goal. It's a super savvy way to, you know, we all are talking about AI and how does it make our jobs easier? Not wasting time on those monotonous tasks, you know, like scheduling those yearly mental health, you know, visits. Where where do we use the technology to find folks that are really struggling and perform that outreach? You know, like you said, instead of waiting for them to to knock down the door to to see what kind of, because there are an abundance of resources, right? I mean, like, it's just about reaching that person who might be in crisis before that crisis gets to be too late. And so let's talk about some of those resources that we could potentially direct advocates to who might be listening. But what about those, you know, because we do have a lot of prior service members who listen to the podcast. How about those that might be experiencing crisis themselves? Yeah, so right now there are a lot of resources out there, and I'll just tick off a couple. So I think what the VA is doing with the 988 number is a really good place to start. The goal there is, and I encourage all all veterans who are listening or anyone who is struggling in this space, if you, if you do self-assess and you feel that you're struggling, that's a good place to start. You can pick up and dial that number 24-7-365. So that's an entry portal. But again, that's putting it on them. But since we're talking about what veterans would do, I would also say they're become engaged with the veteran service organizations that are within your area. And there's like, so you pick a state like Nevada, where I'm at right now. I mean, they have several veteran service organizations where you can engage. Clearforce, we actually support a nonprofit up there, uh, Catch a Lift. That's a veteran service organization that's focused on wellness through physical fitness. 
And so there's all kinds of these VSOs out there that I would encourage them to, to knock on their door. Another really good one that has a national footprint is Stop Soldier Suicide. I mean, they're really engaged, their leadership, Chris Ford on that, that side, and they're doing a lot in the data space as well. So I think that's a really good organization to look at. And then finally, I would go right to your state or your local VAs. And one of the things on, your, on the VA for veterans are the vet centers. And so these are vet centers, what they call themselves. It's part of the VA, but it's really separate. It was set up after the Vietnam War. And the goal of these are is to allow veterans to talk with veterans. So it's a really good organization where you can do one-on-one counseling or you can get into group sessions. But these are veterans engaging with veterans. Uh, and you can look that up, vet service centers uh, on the VA and find one close to you and engage. And there's no cost associated with these either. Those are some fantastic resources. And, you know, I I can only speak from an advocate's point of view, but I think, you know, some other ones are social media, while it can be, you know, something that's, uh, can leave a bad taste in your mouth. I I think there are some really great ecosystems and communities that can be supportive of the veteran community and, you know, offering tips and, you know, best practices when it comes to this topic too. One that I would call out here is the Cruise Corner podcast. She has actually been on our podcast and she has really fostered a community that helps to combat this issue. So I think, you know, interacting online is something that we're no stranger to, but engaging in some of those communities online can be helpful as well. And so we talked at the beginning of this conversation about uh, mental health being destigmatized. I think it certainly has within the security clearance process. Why should listeners not fear of losing their job or their clearance and really feel comfortable in asking for help, in your opinion? Yeah. So uh, two things. One, I would go back to what you talked about online and looking for veteran service organizations. I encourage that. I'd also put out a little nugget. Charity Watchdog or Charity Navigator are two online resources. And what they do is they look at VSOs through a critical set of lenses and kind of rank them. So again, if you're thinking of, you've never engaged with them and you go hit one of those up, use that those resources to make sure that they fit what your needs are and you like how they're structured. And they're required to list a lot of pertinent information about that in there. So that's just an area to backstop to make sure you're engaging with a really good VSO. But to your point around mental health, you all did a really good podcast not long ago about uh, mental health as it relates to the 13 adjudicative guidelines and specifically around the psychological conditioning I really think that that was a, a really good podcast. And but to recap that quickly from my point of view is there should be no negative inference uh, as it relates to you applying for a clearance if you've sought mental health. And you see that as well, even in the DOD. Now, this again, it goes to this this broad application or this population outreach. You have general officers today that are that are actively advocating for, hey, if you need help, go get it. And it hasn't impacted my career. And then some of them have even seen on DOD awareness campaigns where the individual uh, general officer in question will even show them a copy of their calendar and say, hey, look here, this is what I'm doing today. Yeah, busy day, but I'm carving out time to go get some, get some, have a conversation. So I, I would start there and say, good podcast, go back to that. But I think that even though there is this idea of destigmatizing, I would agree with that. And I would encourage anyone who's struggling to take that step. What we're trying to do again, to circle back is to reinforce that or augment that by allowing organizations that are deploying our technology to lead turn that. So use that veteran outreach as kind of a backstop, a goal line defense, flip the model, go first. And the last thing I'd say on that, what the data also suggests, by the time a veteran who is struggling or an active duty service member who's struggling does seek help 
in a lot of cases, they're already in crisis. So we're almost talking like a goal line defense model by allowing an organization to get out in front to move left. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's worth noting, and I'm sure there have been organizations that have done this, kind of mapping the roadmap for someone who is in crisis and seeing which touch points are really, we're just lacking. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at when it comes to flipping this model. And I just, I could not agree more with that. And so, you know, it starts with, you know, destigmatizing the topic, making people feel like it's accessible to even ask for help, you know, having the resources in place, but using the data and technology at our disposal to help, again, better inform our decision making when it comes to the topic. And so would you have any best practices or thoughts for our listeners who who might be currently struggling with this, right? But also who, you know, may be struggling with it in like a month or two months and just kind of words of wisdom, you know, for anyone who might, you know, be touching this topic. Yeah. I kind of go back to what we mentioned a little bit earlier. And as much as we're looking to use technology, I mean, again, anchoring down on the privacy and the compliance side, I think a key component is this idea of trust. Right in the military, we called it trust tactics. I'm going to do X. I'm going to count on you to do Y. That either will enable or support my my line of action, whatever that might be. The idea of trust. I think in this space, it's absolutely critical. And I think as veterans think about that, that's why we would go to veteran service organizations that are engaging. That when you work with our company here, Clear Force, and bring this capability to the fight. We really want to underline that principle of privacy and compliance to equal trust. Because when you use personal data, you want them to know it's laser focused, all the right protections. But I would go back to what I said earlier with regards to veterans who are listening to this right now. Hey, it's okay to ask for help. In fact, the sooner you get it, the better it is. And what I would relate it to is something, maybe an anecdotal comment. But when I talk to organizations and I describe this is think of it like a check engine light on your car. Right Today, if we use that as an example, I mean, when the low fuel light comes on, you go get gas. When the service now is required, you go fix the car. Those are the standard, what I'd call calendar or time-based check-ins that we do today on this model. But we're coming into this space saying, let's actually have a check engine light. So when you start to pick up on indicators of risk defined by the science, that's when the organization that all of a sudden should see, Mike Hudson should bubble up and go, oh, look, his check engine light's on. Let's start that conversation. And then I would encourage veterans when people do reach out, whether they're in your orbit or in your company or in the service, hey, be be open to that outreach. Acknowledge it for what it is. It's not organizations seeking to find a reason to say, oh, you're you're untrustworthy or oh, we don't want you on the team. It's just the opposite. Like work we're doing in the commercial space with the supporting EAP employee assistance programs is that early identification of employees who are struggling. Because the organizations are more focused on retention. That's when you know we're, we're look at insider threat in some cases. What we're doing unique MS space is moving further left than there, not to find simply the hammer you have a nail to put against or a, a vice versa nail the hammer puts against. We want to help empower the organization to retain you. So my part of this is to veterans that are listening, people out there want to help. You should absolutely be part of your own success trajectory. But when you struggle or stumble, hey, ask for help. Re- re-engage, get empowered, move out further. Yeah, those are all great nuggets. And I-, I love how you noted, you know, companies want to retain you. And so I think around this topic, to some employers that might be listening and sort of avoiding the stereotypes of veterans in crisis are 
bad, quote unquote. Why should employers really be hiring veterans? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, when I do talk about you know the, the challenge of veteran suicide in this country, I always want to make sure organizations are hearing veterans are not suicide risk problems. Suicide is a national challenge. Yes, veterans are at a higher rate uh, of committing suicide or it's a bigger challenge coming out of that space. A lot of that is contributed to their service to this nation in times of conflict or even just the realistic training we do to prepare them to go downrange and the challenges of some of our, our ser- struggling service members based on their service. What I would say to organizations is you want to bring a veteran on your team. I mean, having spent 30 years in the Marine Corps, had the privilege to command at a, at a squadron level and we would call Marine Expeditionary Unit level. I have hand-to-hand experience, eyeball-to-eyeball with some of the best Americans on the planet. These, these individuals are motivated by service, motivated by something larger than themselves. They work really well in teams. They can lead or follow. They can do that simultaneously. They're super adaptive and they have a ton of energy and life experiences that can help any organization. So I'm always outreaching uh, organizations to say, bring a veteran on your team and watch him or her soar. Yeah. And not to mention working incredibly well under pressure in anything that you're hiring for. And, you know, just thinking about, you know, creative ways to use veterans skill set just because of their MOS doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they need to do in the civilian sector. And so any employers listening, you should certainly be thinking about hiring veterans for any of your open billets. I know obviously in the cleared space, that's something that we definitely do, but you know, anybody listening in any sort of industry or niche. And so Mike, thanks so much for joining the podcast today to talk about this incredibly important topic for anyone listening. Check on your, your, your brothers and sisters, make sure that, you know, they're doing okay. And for more information on ClearForce, anybody listening can visit clearforce.com. And for anything on clear jobs, you can always visit news.clearancejobs.com.